Hello, and welcome to Raise the Bar, the Sky High and Fly Jump Camps podcast. I am your host, Troy Haynes, and I'm welcoming this morning one of my former high school jumpers. His name is Jack Weissman. He's my first uh, podcast guest that was a former athlete. So um, let's get Jack in here. He just checked right in, and he's ready to roll. How you doing, Morning, Jack? Coach. How we doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> How you doing, man? Yeah, it was a it was a good week. Um, I uh, I kind of been on top of the world the last couple of days. I, I'm willing to bet. I um, the uh, rare feat of the double PR, right? That's uh, it's a rarefied air. Once you've been jumping at heights like yourself for so long, it's a, a you know I think everybody gets two or three PRs the very first time they start. You know because you've never yeah. done it before, so you get two or three or four of those, and then they they become harder to get. So. Uh, Congratulations, Jack. What was that? Uh, give us the feelings, man. How how was it? Yeah, um, I I've been talking about this since it happened because I've I've had that question asked a couple of times, and I completely blacked out. So I remember bits and pieces, um, mm. but I think the big thing for me was I had kind of just been telling myself and picturing that exact moment all week long, all week mm. long since like Monday. I was t- saying. I'm going to get a shot at seven. It's going to be me and Kyle. It's going to come down to that. I'm going to need to make this height and I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. So I kind of got there and I was just like, I've envisioned this all week long for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I just went and did it. And it was kind of like, wow, look at that. <laughs> just like I thought it up. Right. Um, awesome. So yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment. Surreal. My dad was there to watch. Um, all my friends were going nuts. We had a, a couple bets going where some of my teammates were going to shave their heads if I ever made seven feet this season. So there were, there were a couple, there were a couple crazy reactions in the crowd for sure. I love it. I love it. Sweet. So uh, give us uh, some of the drama too. Um, you, you mentioned Kyle Jenkins. So uh, I told everybody on the podcast today that you're my first former athlete to come back and be a podcast guest. So um there's that. And then uh, you mentioned Kyle Jenkins, who was another one. You and Kyle and Aiden all went to the state finals back in 2019, right? So that oh, was yeah. a few years back. And uh, you got to jump against him again. So how did it pan out? Because we know you PR'd twice. Yeah. Um, well, first off, Kyle's a great guy. Um, I've always loved jumping against him since we were little. I mean, we've been doing it together for almost eight years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. Right. Um, Yeah. So it was really awesome getting to see him again. He was at San Jose State before this and just transferred to Long Beach State. So we had been Mm -hmm. keeping in contact and I was just really excited to go jump against him again. Um, And the guy's a monster. I mean, he has gotten really really good in the last couple of years he came mm-hmm. in at six nine i believe and i think he made it on his second attempt by probably like four or five inches it mm-hmm. was yeah it was a monster jump um so it was really cool getting to see him again but i was kind of just like i knew this guy's gonna jump seven feet he's been doing it all year long he's done it a handful of times and i was like if he can do it and he's gonna do it right here i gotta join him like, right. I, I can't be the guy who's who's getting shown up anymore. Cause, and that, I think that was another thing that was pushing me was Aiden's made it since high school. Right. I'm pretty sure Tyler cash made it once he went to San Jose. 
um, Kyle made it, Joey Riddell made it, all these guys who I was competing yeah. with and hanging with in high school have right. started making that. And I was like, all right, time for me to, time for me to get my shit together and right. get over this bar. So that's, you so, mentioned a couple of names there. Yeah. Um, Aiden Garnett has just come back from his two-year mission when he jumped seven feet and won the whack as a freshman indoor, right? Crazy. He did. Yeah. He, of all you yep. guys that you just named, he finished the lowest. He was sixth place at state and then came back the very next yep. year and jumped seven, right? So, yeah. And then Kyle, you mentioned Tyler Cash. Tyler has, is no longer jumping. He's going, is he going Air Force? I think he's going Air Force. Yeah. Or... I'm pretty sure he enlisted. Yeah. He enlisted in the Air Force. That's yeah. what I was saying, uh, or what Kyle was saying when I talked to him because they yeah, were pretty so good buddies. They were both together at San Jose State. And I believe he still is under the seven foot mark. I think he might have gone 6'11 or 6'11 and a half a quarter, but he's right there, obviously. And he's got that capability. So. Yeah, that's uh it's been a long time coming for you. That's um the thing that was Im impressive. I'm just going to tell this story cuz uh when I was working with Jack in in high school, um uh, you had jumped 66 over and over and over, right? And we got to your league finals and I think you jumped 62, right? And win, he wins cuz there was nobody else to really jump against. And I believe your mom said, "Jack, why don't you just jump 67? Like skip 66 and go right to 67." And so Jack goes, what do you think? I'm like, let's, let's roll. So you, you jumped six, seven that day. And that kind of started the dominoes going because, you know, then we just started, I think you jumped six, eight at CIF finals and then six, 10 at the masters meet, right? Six, nine again, the next week at state. So it was like, you were right there knocking on the door, but I, I rarely seen anybody pass. I don't even think I've seen Jesse Williams pass that much. I was at a, a dual meet UCLA USC quite a few years back. And uh, he was at, I think he jumped 210 and he passed to like, I want to say 225 or two, something crazy, like a five or six inch jump like that. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, cause you just never seen anybody do that. And I remember thinking, there's no way this guy can do this. And he didn't end up making it, but he took two really good jumps at it. So I, I remember being blown away by that. But you're like the second on my list of the all-time crazy past the heights guy because you went from <laughs> what was it 215 to two 223? Was 223 that today? Yeah. 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 That was that was quite the leap. Um I I think the conversation for me and my coach really was, and again, because I this day was really calculated. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. really an accident that any of this was happening. I mean, I've been t telling myself, this is the situation you're going to be in. What are you going to do? And yeah. I think a lot of that stems from um, what I'm trying to go do in my career afterwards is you have to be really calculated in naval aviation. Right. right. So you can't, you can't be accidentally ending up in positions and not having, you know, every single decision planned out. So I've kind of been practicing, hey, what am I going to do when I get in this spot? Mm -hmm. So me and my coach, Randy Bungard, I was talking to him and I'm like, coach, if I beat Kyle and I can go to whatever I want, since my school, we haven't been able to compete yet because we're still in that transition period from D2 to D1. Oh, there's yeah. no provisional mark. There's no regionals. There's no nationals. So I'm like, there is no other mark that I need to hit other than the school record, which is at seven, three and a quarter. So I was like, coach, I'm there today. Like, let's, let's at least try it. I mean, there's yeah. no point in wasting any energy. If I can, if I have a chance at it now, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, so that was a, 
That was a three and a half inch skip because I went to seven, three and three quarters. Yeah. Which, as you know yourself, is a lot of height yeah. to skip at seven feet. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I might have gotten a little over my shoes, I think, um, wanting to do that. But my coach's thinking was like, if you're going to do it this season, you got to go do You got to start taking jumps at it. You yes. can't be skating around it and save it for the end. You got to look yeah. at that thing in competition. Yeah. Um, so my, my first run through, I bailed because I looked at it and I was in a crazy <laughs> lean. I was holding everything good. And I was like, wow. I mean, it, it felt like it was eight feet. I was like, right. that looks surreal. Uh -huh, yeah. Um, and so I talked to Randy and he's like, dude, just take a jump at it. You can do it. Like your hips were there on the last one. Just go for it. Yeah. So yeah. my first attempt was really close. Um, I kind of missed it just by my butt, just a timing issue. And then the last two were just awful because the seven feet mark started setting in and I was like, wow, I did it. And I got, yeah. I started getting excited and I just, you know, threw it away. But I think it was one of those moments where I'm like, wow, because that was, that was a big skip for me to go to, from mm -hmm. six ten to taking jumps at seven, three. Sure. That's a lot of, that's a lot of mileage to make up. I mean, that was one yeah. of my idols in the sport, Sean Lee, that was his PR. Right. So I was like, I mean, that's, I mean, it's pretty cool to be contending with some of these guys who I've looked up to for years and years and years. Yeah. Well, that's uh, like you said, it's, um, it's almost like a power up, right? You got, you got a power up and now, <laughs> the interesting thing is once I think once the lid is off the box, right? Once once it's opened, you're kind of like, first of all, again, welcome to Seven Foot Club, right? And then secondly, you're like, now, now that reality is set back in, it's kind of like, well, I can, you know, there's more up there, right? There's more, I've got more. Um, you know, you knew you had that capability back in in high school, you know, at, at the state meet, you're jumping against Tyler Cash and and uh, Bo Allen, you know, these guys that were were good jumpers and you were you were tied with them for the lead right at six, nine. You had no misses and we're ready to go at six, ten. And it's like, you know, you're you're right there. So I know that it's built up a little pent up frustration. Right. But when you step up to that next level, now it's kind of like you can take a deep breath and then, you know, now knowing that you took good jumps at seven three and a three quarters, you can your brain can go well seven two. You know what's two twenty? I can do that. You know what's what's seven? What's two twenty two? What's the you know? No big deal. So yeah, taking the jumps is huge because I believe you have a like a jump uh, memory bank, right? A timing bank, which everything has to change. I, I preach this all the time. You you remember? I was like, look, straight curve takeoff. Flight is the only part of all five parts of the, the jump that gets longer as you go up, right? Because everything else might even get faster. You know, you're approaching faster, you're leaning more, you're off and off the ground, on and off the ground quickly, and then you're up in the air. So you got to fly and wait. The hardest part is to wait, especially the real bendy guys, right? The super right. bendy guys want to get into that layout. And you're like, no, no, you got to wait. I mean, it's logical. But it's really hard to change those timing settings in your head until you take some. So like your coach said, hey, getting these these jumps in at this higher bar, you know, you got to learn, right? If you don't throw your you don't wait to throw your head back, you clang your head off the bar at seven, three and three quarters if you throw oh, yeah. it back at the same place you did at seven feet, even, right? So uh that's just what an awesome day. Amazing. Oh yeah, really great. I think uh something interesting you mentioned is. And I think a lot of high jumpers, once you get to a certain level, 
coaches start saying this to some degree, but I've been since I was little, and I mean, I'm talking like freshman year of high school, jumping six three. I had coaches telling me, "Hey, you're going to jump seven feet one day," and I was like, "Oh, cool!" Just right over my head <laughs> it was like, I was like, "All right, whatever." And then right. it became a thing where I think a lot of athletes are told that, and we're like, "Oh, yeah, you know, that's something just that people say." And it it started becoming this thing where people are like, "Oh, hey, man, when are you going to go jump seven feet?" I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know, maybe next year. Right. And I was just kind of at, at this point where I'm like, I can do this. Like, yeah. I can absolutely do this if I have the confidence and I'm just having a good day. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, I mean, I didn't even touch it, which was pretty rare for me. I, as you know, I usually get my hips a little involved when I'm going right. for PRs and stuff. And right. I was, I had a couple of inches on every single part of my body. And I think that was, my first thought was, did I go under it? <laughs> did, I, did I just not even not even touch it and go right underneath right and I'm looking around and, and if you see the video I look at my friends first who are standing on the side and they just start going nuts and I was like okay so I did go over it cool <laughs> that's awesome yeah I, I've I've forgotten you know it's been so many years um the last PRs I got were like yours I had a two-day PR or two two and one day PR day against uh Houston in 86, I was jumping and Lee Balkan came back to that meet, one of my former teammates. And it was the only time I ever beat Lee. I had the PR twice to do it and I beat wow. Lee Balkan. So I went two and a quarter, first time over that, and then three and a half. And and I've also told this story many times. You have the the you and Aiden both have the pleasure of winning. Every time I PR'd in college, every single time I did not even win the dual meet or the meet that I was at. It was like you know, seven feet the first time against Stanford. I think Lee beat me seven two uh, up at Cal. Both Lee and John Morris beat me. You know, two and a quarter, three and a half against Houston. I beat Lee, and then Mark Reed, who was jumping with Tom Telez at Houston, jumped seven four and a half to beat me. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? What do you have to do to win a dual meet around here? I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So you know, even when you PR, you can't do it. But um. So yeah, that feeling, I remember you're, you're saying I did the, the run around and, and grow crazy thing. Cause you, you couldn't have anybody down on the track at Drake stadium, but uh, you know, two times in one day, kind of mind blowing. And then um, <clears throat> I remember taking jumps at four and a half too, which were not bad. So yeah, I think, I think it just kind of opens up, you know, the lid of possibilities, right? you like, Oh yeah. And I, I think the other thing that I was just thinking about this the other day, I go, you know, for someone jumping seven feet, for us, it's a big thing for Americans. I don't think it means the same thing in Europe, <clears throat> you know, because to them, everything's metric. And, uh, they just compare themselves to other people, I think. Yeah. But over here, there's like the seven foot club. And then, um, I mean, 30, is it 30 years? When did Fosbury start doing the flop in the, he was in 68. So it's been yeah. 40, 50 years. Well, 50 years ago, seven feet was the world record. You know, yep. <laughs> so when you look at it, you you realize, you know, I could have been a world record holder if I'm in a different era, you know, so it's yep. like, so that's a pretty amazing thing. And there, there really aren't that many people, you know, that, that end up jumping seven feet, you know, there's all kinds of people, like you said, that have the potential. And then, you know, how many people never pursue, you know, never go yeah. on to college career, they don't go to junior college, they don't go to college, they're done. And then um, there's the late bloomers you know, that come out of nowhere that you're like, this guy was only jumping six, four in high school. 
And now all of a sudden they're jumping seven, two or three. And you're like, where do they come from? You know, that doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. So you talked about your new coach. Um, this is something that uh, uh, last year, your longtime coach, who was um, also married to the head coach, right? Co-head coach and everything. They retired. Yep. And uh, you got yourselves a new head coach. And I applied for that position and <laughs> got unceremoniously shut down so uh how did how did that all go down there yeah um so we had we were hearing rumors that we were having coach kim kimberly graham is our head coach mm -hmm. um she is a former olympian in the 400 um so of course our school was kind of like ooh, olympian like right. perfect um and she is amazing i mean she was from day one i think i've always kind of been um, of the kind of frame of mind where I want to go to practice and I want to get worked like a dog. Like, I don't want to be sitting around. Right. I don't want to be screwing around. Like I want to be dead after every single practice just because I'm like, I'm making little deposits in the tank here. Yeah. Um, and that was from day one. I mean, we were running 400 repeats as high jumpers and we would be, there were people collapsing, falling over injuries. And I'm like, this is the real deal. Like right. we're going to be fast this year. And we didn't get Randy, who was our jumps coach. Um, Kim was just kind of in the process of recruiting. So we didn't really get Randy until December. Mm -hmm. And he came around and he's this super charismatic figure um, and very technical on the jump side. So he's not a high jump coach specifically, but he has us doing lots of plyometrics on a light level on the grass three times a week, three to four mm -hmm. times a week on top of lifting and running. Right. Um, and I think that has just given a lot of people the extra spring they need. Right. Because that's something where, especially with a big team like ours and a, not a lot of funding, it's tough to get um, a coach who can work with everyone all day and do specific things. Right. So I think the big thing for us was he came out and he's like, all right, we're going to, I mean, we're going to be out here for two hours where you, you guys are going to jump and then you're going to do a core workout and then you're going to do a general strength circuit and then you're going to do your lower leg. And yeah. we're going to blow up your shins and build them back together. Mm -hmm. And for me, who's always had shin issues, I mean, those first couple days, he calls it the rudiment and it's a bunch of shin jumps on the track. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I could barely walk. Um, yeah. And he just started ripping us to the ground again. And a lot of people were like, I'm not going to be able to jump this season. I'm like, uh, it's there's, there's a plan here. He's, he's right. working on something. Just, just right. bear with him. And sure enough, I mean, we've seen a lot of great performances early in the season. Um, we had our pole vaulters set the school record um, mm -hmm. at the first meet the other day, which was really cool to see. So uh, yeah, it was, he, he's been great. Um, he's an exciting guy. I mean, just like us, a student of the sport, right. I walked into the locker room and there was a picture of my seven, three jump hanging up on my locker after <laughs> <Nice>. the meet. <laughs> um, Cause it's, yeah. And so it's, it's cool to have, and I mean, Coach Darcy was the same way. So it's it's awesome to see and kind of get to meet other people like that who are like-minded of just studying the sport down to the last detail. Yeah. And um, one of the big things we talked about early in the year was he, it was his basic opinion that I had gotten comfortable in college, basically. And that my 6'8", because 6'8", was kind of my height in college, where that was like, when I was on, when I was on a good day, 6'8", was pretty much guaranteed 610 I'd struggle at a little bit. So I made 68 almost every single meet. Bad meets would be 66 to 64. And what he was saying is he's like, look at all these videos of these guys jumping at 7 feet. 
how many of them are just jogging up to it and taking a nice slow little approach and hopping over it? And he's like, that's kind of what you're doing. You're not really sprinting at the bar. You're, and because you're not sprinting, you can't get into the lean. Right. You can't really use your arms. And he's like, if we get you a little bit faster and change up your steps a little bit, he's like, it will be a free seven foot jump. You won't have to change anything. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. I remember being fast in high school. It's going to take some changing my frame of mind and timing and stuff. So we just started doing a lot of approach work. I mean, we hardly jumped in practice for the first couple months. He was like, you got, we're doing approaches today. We're doing 10 approaches. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, And it just felt, I think there was something about my approach last Saturday that just felt right. Yeah. I mean, everything just kind of clicked and I was like, I'm in the right spot every time I'm hitting this crazy lean. Um, I don't know if you slowed down that video, but that was the best lean I've ever had in my life. I mean, I could have touched my hand to the ground if I wanted to. Yeah. The shot I Um, on Instagram was the, what do they call it? The cover, the cover of the video. Yeah. I stopped it on that one because I could see, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty sharp lean to the left for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so it was just one of those things where I'm like, wow. I mean, I've had this for, I've had this for three years and it's kind of been with COVID and everything and getting on and off and getting back into the flow of things last year. It had been coming and I had just decided I'm going to trust the program here and just give everything I've got. Cause I think something a lot of athletes do especially in track and field and in high school is we're kind of on our own. If you're not at a big track school, it's kind of you and either your private coach or your high school coach against the world. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if you're competing at an elite level, there may be two or three of you who go to state who are advancing that level who go to CIF. Um, And so you kind of make these decisions about your career, not really listening to the advice that's coming from everyone else. Cause you're like, well, I mean, I could jump this if I change all these things, but what if it doesn't work? Yeah. And what if, what if I can't go to college and what if it all ends here because this doesn't work? And that's, that's definitely a thought that I've seen in a lot of people's heads. And I definitely had a little bit of that in high school when I was working with uh, Dwight Stones where I was like, I, it, we just didn't work. I mean, yeah. my approach just didn't get me over anything. Right. Um, and when I got to college, I was like, I have nothing to lose. I've got this job lined up afterwards. I'm going to go fly in the Navy. Like that's set in stone. Right. Um, so I'm like, what? I'm not going, I'm not going to be a pro and I'm not going to drop out of track. I mean, I'm always going to be here doing six, six at the minimum. And that's cool. It's cool to be average. And I was like, so I'm just going to listen to every word out of my coach's mouth for the next four years. Like everything they say, I'm going to lock that in the mental vault and keep it there. And really just try and learn because they've been doing this sport for 30, 40 years in some cases. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I've been doing it for eight. So I was like, there's got to be a little, little bit of wisdom there that I'm not picking up on. Um, And I think it sure was. And I think getting rid of that, you know, self-preservation and kind of just taking that leap of faith in the coaching and being like, I'm going to listen to everything. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. And I'm just not going to doubt a word that comes out of their mouth because this is their job. Right. And I'm, I'm a college athlete and they're the fact that they have made this profession means they're onto something. And I, I think that was another big thing was just being like, all right, I'm ready to go. Give me whatever, whatever you got. Let's do it this, this year. That's, that's an interesting point. We haven't really delved into that much here on raise the bar and, uh, we we talked many times about you know training and 
um, speed and positions and everything, but the, the mindset is huge. We, we delve into it a little bit, but I think this is the first time I can remember thinking about, you know, the trust in the coach. Um, uh, I've, I've chronicled here many times the search. I, I was blessed with a good high school coach. Uh, coach Halstead, God rest him, was um, this huge defensive line guy on the football team. And from my first year, we had a three-year high school when I was at Milliken. So he was very not technical at all. You know, it was like, yeah, he's got us strong. He would, he would have me jump up and down the bleachers, you know, left-footed hops, you know, all the way up, all the way down, you know, skip a step all the way up, all the way down. So I knew how to use my knee drive and I knew how to use my arms, you know, and uh, he had five guys jump 6'10 in a five-year wow. in a row. In a row, wow. Dave Wicker, <laughs> two years, me, John Bearford, and um, I always forget, I always forget the last one, um, Derek Moore, and uh, you know, three of those guys were basketball players, and then I was the one in the middle that wasn't a basketball player, and uh, so anyway, we leave that, and I when I got to UCLA, like I said, for many times the first two years I was coached by Dylan Lee, no coach, you know, and that was a shocker because there wasn't anybody to put the trust in. It was like a, a blank. So I was, I would walk around and, and look at all the, I, I drew from weird places. Like I watched Art Venegas, one of the top throw coaches in the world. I would listen to what they were talking about just because they were incredible athletes. I was blown away by these shot putters. They, some of them were really fast. Some of them could, could tomahawk dunk a basketball standing underneath the rim, you know, cause their legs were so strong. They're squatting seven, 800 pounds. They could just jump up and, and dunk. Oh, yeah. Like there's got to be something here for me, you know, so I would listen. I listened to the pole vault guys. I listened to Coach Curran, one of my mentors. I mean, he fantastic technical coach, one of the best pole vault coaches in the world, who was a rookie coach the year I met him. And, you know, I just would listen and try. Is there anything here, you know, that I can get from here? You know, either the technical side or or something that applies to training or mindset or anything, you know, and then, you know, having that trust is huge. And when I, when I did find, you know, um, little Baru Elias at, at Long Beach city, an interesting person to put your trust in for me, because it was, he was hard to understand half the time because he, his Romanian accent was so thick. But, you know, when you see a guy who's working with two guys that have jumped seven, eight, you're like, I think he knows what, he yeah. wants, you know, and it was hard for me too, because I think I've always had that mindset of, you know, not always, but you think, I need someone here who who not only knows what they're doing, but they had to have done it. Like I used to think they had to have done it. And Elias blew that out of the water because there was no chance Elias ever jumped anything over five, four or something. I mean, I don't know if he ever did the high jump <laughs> or the long jump or the triple jump. And he was an amazing coach. He had all these guys jumping high, had long jumpers, 25, 26 foot long jumpers. And, you know, in the fifties in the triple and, you know, these were state championship teams at Long Beach City. They have banners all over the walls from the time he was there. So it was like, you know, crazy. And uh, so trust is is absolutely huge when you when you have that ability. I think it frees you up, right? Like you don't have to worry totally about all those other things because you're like, oh, I'm just going to do what he says. It's, you know, it's yeah. it's easier sometimes. I mean. And I've had my share, and I'm sure you've seen it with your coaches that sometimes the athletes that battle and put them in a, a small separate category, you know, there's, there's some people that just 
always fighting you. I don't want to do it that way. I, I, I think this way is better. And you're just like, based on what, <laughs> what, what is all yeah. your experience taught you about this? You know, it's how it's pretty. Yeah. I think we always, we always clicked in high school. I mean, we were just students of the sport. We were always mm -hmm. kind of excited coming to every practice and working on stuff. So that trust, we definitely had that there, um, which was, which was going for us. I, and I think um, part of it and a big part of it after um, kind of getting to college, and I think that's the big goal for a lot of kids who have the potential to go do it, is when their coaches are like, I mean, if you're making CIF prelims, you can go to school sure. for, for track and field pretty much. If you're getting mm -hmm. there to that level, whether it's D3, D2, D1, NAIA, you can go compete in college. Mm -hmm. Um you might not be going to Oregon, which is right. what, of course, your coaches are going to want to tell you is you're going to go to Oregon or USC or, you yeah. know, LSU. Right. Um, but you can go compete. And I think a lot of kids get very fixated on, I want to go to this school and I need to do this number. And anything that puts that at risk, I'm going to avoid. Yeah. Um, and I think that was that was a big thing for me because I was – I, def I trusted every single one of my coaches. I had you and Peggy, and then I had Bo for a while um, and alternated between all that. And I think that trust between us was really what got me to 6'10 and 6'8 in high school. Because mm -hmm. I was just like, I was like, I can do this. Like, we changed so many technical things, leaning, staying away from the bar, the yeah. waiting. And I think another big kicker was keeping my knee up. Because right. I used to kick my knee down like a jackhammer as soon as I took <laughs> off. Right, right. And it was so counterintuitive because you're throwing weight back down. Yes. And I yeah. just started trusting these things. And in practice, I'm like, wow, this is working. Like I was, I mean, even in dual meets, I was getting over stuff easily. Yeah. On, on days where I wasn't feeling good, I was like, I'm, I'm over this with room. Yeah. And that, that trust, I think, just started building. So I thought, I think that's a big part of the coaching relationship is being able to have your athletes trust you. Yeah. And I think I was having this discussion with my parents the other day. Um, and I was just like, you've really built this clientele of people who trust you. Like your word is your word is God. I mean, especially seeing um, from a transition from high school where you were just kind of you were working with me and you're working with Kevin and Aiden and a couple other jumpers at Los Alamitos. Right. So now, I mean, every everyone in our conference knows who you are. You show up to a meet and all these guys are like, coach, can you get a video of me? Oh, and, I was, and I think that was that was a huge thing. I'm like, like people trust this coach now. I mean, Coach Troy, everyone knows this guy, and they're like, he he's got the good stuff. Um, so that was something for me where I was like, yeah. I mean, I always kind of knew that because you took. I think when I started working with you, you took Kevin from six two to six nine in one year, which is a pretty crazy yeah. progression. And I was yeah, like, I'm went. stuck at six six. Yeah, let's go see what he's got. And sure enough, I PR'd, Aiden PR'd. I know Kyle went on to PR. I mean, you've got a pretty good record with getting kids some serious progression. And I think that trust that you build is definitely, I mean, it shows with, with how many people you're working with now. I think that's a huge part of getting athletes to commit to you and be like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, that that's come. It's been a long time coming too, like you said. And, and thank you for the compliment, Jack. The, um, that, uh, it's weird. Like you said, it's like, it's one thing to sit there and go, I know what I'm doing. And it's another thing to get someone to buy in. And then, you know, when you get the performance to match, 
you know, because I, I tell you what, when you guys got to state, I, I my coaching journey has been really, really blessed in a lot of ways that the very first year I coached at Orange Coast College, I had a state champ. And that was just like, yeah. I mean, it's like the rookie coach winning the Super Bowl. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, this is easy. You know, I was like, all we did was we did what we always do. We worked out and she jumped five, six and she won state, you know, and then her second year, yeah. she runner up. And I was like, this, what's the big deal? And from that point on, I did three or four more years at at, uh, at Orange Coast. And I would take someone to state usually every year, but, you know, nobody won. And then I languished in high school, you know, for 12 years in Garden Grove League with no really, you know, great kids, but not a, a ton of talent. And I, I really didn't have that itch. You know, it, it just something happened where I, I got to a place in my life. Where I was like, you know, I, I want to start doing this again and start, you know, working with higher level kids. And once we started doing that, you know, Kevin went to the state meet, kind of got a little deer in the headlights at, at the prelims and, and didn't make it out of the prelims. And then when we go back the next year, you were there, Aiden was there. And then Kyle signed on right at the end. You know, um, his coach very graciously said, why don't you take Kyle to the state meet? And, uh, you know, you guys placing and you being right there in the mix. I mean, you want to talk about making you young again. I mean, I was just <laughs> whole, I was like right back there. You know, I'm like, I'm at the state meet. I'm just excited. I'm just like going, man, this is this is crazy. And we're talking at the end. And I'm like, OK, Jackie, got to pass. You got to start passing some heights. Right. Because I'm like this is, I don't think we can jump every height and get bow, you know? And it was like, it's, that was when I started realizing, I'm like, man, I've forgotten a lot of stuff, you know? Like I, I was, I got caught. I was like rookie mistake. You know, I was like, I needed to be on that earlier. Like I, I wasn't paying attention. Cause I remember, I think opening height was six, five in the final. Right. And then it was, it was yeah. Six, seven. So we skipped two inches, but then they started going every inch. And I was like, wait, what are we doing? Why are we going every inch? Okay. And right away, my brain was like, well, we can't do that. But then it was like, you know, it was just, I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I mental note to self, be ready for this next year if they yeah. do, you know, because I, I personally think it'd be easier. I, this is one thing I want to do in the high jump for, for just for intrigue um, is they should move the bar up. Because I, if you watch the international meets, they go, what, 210, 215, 220, 225. Then they start going either by fours or by threes. Three mm -hmm. centimeters, four centimeter skips for a while, and then three. And then they start doing two. And I'm like, okay, it's all fine and well. But why does everybody want to jump every two? You don't. So why don't we just set it up from the beginning and just go every three? If it's going up an inch at a time, roughly, you and I, if we're sitting there opening up, we're not going to jump every single height. So it's almost like you're back in high school and everybody's going, do you want to do odds or evens, right? Do you yeah. want to do odds or evens? It's like, well, I'm going to do odds today. You know, what the heck? I'm, I've been on the twos for a while. So I went 6'6". Six, six. I remember high school. I went 6'6". Six, six. I went 6'8". Six, I went 6'10". That was the way the bar always went up, you know? And every once in a while, for some weird reason, some would be like on the odds. And if you were in between, you were struggling with 6'8", you would go, oh, well, maybe six, seven, I can make six, seven, you know? And so you would go odds and all of a sudden you got a new PR. I was like, okay. So to me, that intrigue would be perfect. E even if they yeah. don't, you just go, it, just set it all up to where you're on one or the other. And it, if you've got two or three really good jumpers and they're alternating heights as you go up, you've got a new leader. 
every time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, so-and-so is in the lead because he's on the odds. The other guy's on the even. The other guy's clean still at the lower height, you know, and he's going to come back on the next one. So that's something I keep thinking, you know, somebody at the top should just make that switch. It'd be a lot easier. Yeah, that's fascinating. I never even thought about that, but that would make competition pretty interesting. You're, and you've got all those intrigues. I mean, Dwight Stones was famous for it. He was one of the first that ever that I watched that would take a bad jump at a height and then say, okay, well, I'm now trailing. So this height is worthless, literally worthless. The only value this height gives me is the right to take three jumps at the next height. But if I don't need three right. jumps, why bother? So he would miss once at 7-2 and pass and go to 7-4 and only have two jumps left and make that and be right back in the lead or whatever, and you're ready to roll. And I'm like, that's just smart. You know, it saves jumps yep. and all that. Now, you have to be really confident. <laughs> you have to oh, know yeah. exactly what you're doing because you are down a jump. But, you know, if if you're confident that you can make it, if you just did something, you caught it with your calves, you know, or whatever it is, like, okay. I was over. You know, I try to do that in practice with my kids to keep the bar moving. I'm like, oh, you would have had that one. Let's move it up. <laughs> you know, instead yeah, of yeah. take two more or you keep clicking it because you're a little too close or whatever, you know. So, oh, so interesting. So you mentioned something earlier, Jack, that's uh it's I would just be furious infuriated by this, but I, I'm wondering how it's going with you because you mentioned going for the school record because the fact that uh UCSD has moved from division two to division one. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And you are you guys are not allowed to compete at the NC2A level? Is that correct? Yeah, we're not allowed to go to conference championships, any championships. Um, so anything beyond the regular season, which is just dual meets. So basically any scoring or ranking meets we're banned from. Wow. That has got to yeah. be one of the dumbest rules. <laughs> I, I it mean, sure is. That's just like, okay, just screw all these athletes over because they're – at a program that decided to step up a level, aren't you going to yeah. get the disadvantage stepping up a level? I well, from what I understand, at least it is a um, the rule is so that teams that have been scoring in conference don't lose their position right away. Because if we come in, we're going to start messing up the leaderboards, and I think we really saw that this last weekend. If you look at schools like like Santa Barbara, I mean, we were we were right neck and neck with them, if not doing a little bit better. Yeah. And and it's tough, I think, to in a conference where you've been winning and placing and stuff to introduce a whole growth of new athletes. Yeah. Um, and we saw we had a really good I'm, I'm going to give this guy a shout out just because he was one of my mentors on the team. But Jake Selstad was one of our 800 guys and he was chasing sub 150 for four years and he took yeah. an extra fifth year to get it. And he ended up going sub. He went 149, 148 and then I think 147 high at the wow. end of the season. And I mean, it was one of those things where he was always very humble and very appreciative of the sport. And at the end of the year, he was like, the NCAA, man, I mean, we should be able to keep going because we're single athletes. Like at the end yeah. of the day for track and field, because you can apply and we've applied just for track and field to get accepted. And a couple other sports have been accepted. Right. Um, but track and field, it's like we're not a team. So we're not bringing a whole team down. Once right. you get to conference, it's, it's individual athletes and we're keeping individual athletes from doing something amazing. Um, oh. And for me, I, I always, cause I knew coming in, we were switching. Our coaches made it very, very aware to us. They're like, Hey, you're not going to compete at any of these meets. And I was like, well, you know, that's all cool. And I won't get the hardware on the wall. Um, and I was just kind of like, I would rather jump 
in a program I like with people I like and kind of flourish for four years under good culture and good coaching. Yeah. Um, then I would to go to a school that maybe isn't as, you know, doesn't have the culture or the environment or the dynamic that I want. And so I, I knew that coming in and it's, it's kind of been a little disappointing seeing people go on. And especially I had a uh, Bo Allen, as you mentioned, he, he hit me up on Instagram. was like, Hey dude, well, well, I see you at nationals this year. And I'm like, no, sorry. No. He's like, what about this meet? What about that? That meet? I'm like, nah, man, sorry. Our season ends 10 meets and that's it. Uh. Um, and that's kind of a shame, but what I think is really cool about the sport of track and field is it's a sport of marks. So you could go jump a mark that would have beaten everyone in the country on any given day. Yeah. And even if they win, they're like, yeah, we won, but this guy beat us. Right. He wasn't allowed to compete, but this guy was there. Um, yeah. And that's just an example where I'm like, if I, I, I went and did it and I jumped seven feet and I'm like, they know, like the conference knows that there's, there would have been new people contending for yeah. first, second, third. Um and so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I, at least I have the satisfaction of knowing I could have been up there versus if you're in a sport like basketball, if you're not at conference or national, you never know. Right. I mean, right. it's a, it's a sport of winning or losing. So yeah. I think I definitely got, we've gotten lucky um, to be in a sport where it's okay and you can kind of get these marks regardless, but yeah, it's, it's been tough for sure. Uh, and I've seen it, I've seen it upset a lot of athletes and we've been applying it every single year to the NCAA and specifically to the big West to let us in um, early. And it's just kind of been like a, Hey, you're just going to have to wait. So I think we'll be eligible next year. Um, so it was literally the four years I was in school. That's when it right. started and that's when it ended. So um, definitely tough on, on the heart of just being like, Hey, I, I'm a guy who wants to compete. I've always yeah. been like that. It'd be cool right. to go, you know, compete in the big West conference. Um, but it, at the, I'm a positive guy. So at the end of the day for me, it's like, Hey, I did all these amazing things in my, in my time at this school. Like my name's up on the boards at, at the track now. Like that's, that's, that's more than enough for me at least. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you still have your shots. Like you said, now you've got your, your jump memory bank has got oh, yeah. a couple reps in at seven, three and three quarters. So you got your, and you're still coming up um, real quick, Jack. Uh, when you talked about your, your coach thrashing your shins, go yeah. into, go into some detail on that, because I know a lot of the jumpers out there are going to, their ears are going to perk up because you're going to be like, my shins kill me. You know, I, I don't know if I've told this story a lot. I've told it to my athletes. I don't know if I've said it here on the podcast. My shins were always bad because we simply overtrained. It wasn't, yeah. I don't believe that I was weak down there or anything else. Well, I used to jump almost every day at practice in high school. I didn't even think about it. And we had a, a dual meet and then we had a meet on the weekend. And after the Saturday meet, we'd come back on Monday and we would jump because you're young. Mm -hmm. You recover yeah. pretty fast. You know, you're like, ah, oh, my shins feel okay. Let's go. And so, you know, you would go along, but man, I was, I would take some aspirin every once in a while, you know, before and. You know, I was I was majoring in Excedrin at that time, unbuffered Excedrin. And um, I I woke up one morning spitting up blood, you know, and I was like, yeah. OK, there's something wrong with the system, you know. And the only times that I was ever able to get respite from that was when um, I was forced to rest. You know, I strained my hamstring winning the league title at six, eight my senior year. And I felt something and my coach just shut me down. 
for the next week. He goes, we got CI family yeah. next week. You're just going to jog and, and stretch and do some backovers, you know? And I jumped six, seven to CIF prelims and was ready to roll, you know, and I felt great. That week off was like happened at the perfect time, you know, unfortunately I run through the state meet after that, I didn't get another week. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. you know, that by it started to pile up again. By the end of that, I was like, you know, kind of jumping on razor blades a little bit. I was good for one day. The two day state meet kind of got me. I was thinking about that when you guys were jumping, I'm like, I think you, you and I talked about it too. I said, you're going to recover well because you got the perfect high jumper build. You're tall, you're thin, you're light, you're fast, you're flexible. And I was like, who else is like that in that field? And I remember thinking Tyler Cash is my oh yeah poster boy for the guy, <laughs> first of all, who's going to recover easily because he can't weigh more than 150 yep. pounds. And number two, he had nothing, nothing going. He would qualify dead last. And I remember mm. thinking, talk about no pressure you got to be in the best situation ever you know to just go nobody even expect i didn't even expect to get here the way that was going and you know we'll roll out but uh that's a quick yeah. but the two-day state meet that was the one i was like and it, you know the year after i did the two-day state meet they didn't do it again for a long time they would just mm -hmm. do one-day state meets and i was like interesting I? I don't think i would have <laughs> won my brain used to think i would have won and i forget i was jumping against maurice crumby who was three-time state champ John uh, Morris that I mentioned before ended up jumping seven, six, five or six or seven when he went to Cal. And there was some guys in that field that were really, really good. So it was like I was on as much of a roll as anybody. But I think when the chips were down and we never saw the guys from up north, that was the other thing. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we got off on a tangent, but um, yeah. explain explain the shin thrashing and what your coach is doing to repair your shins and make them um, what the knees over toes guy calls bulletproof. Yeah. Um, so basically, the main thing that we're doing for shins right now is it's called, as I, I kind of touched on this, but it's called the rudiment, um, as Coach B calls it. And basically, it's it's single leg jumps. So we start with some bounds to get your shins warmed up and everything, and it's on the grass. And you'll take single leg forward jumps. So you'll do 20 meters of those, and then you'll do your right leg. And then you'll do single leg, except you're going sideways. So you're jumping, and that puts a lot of strain on your shins, and you have to get your heel down. Because right. if you're doing it on your toe, you literally won't be able to, because your shins will just start lighting up. Yeah. Um, and then you'll do them backwards, and then you'll do them to the other side. And so there's, there's 10 or so workouts of those, and it's all just little small jumps on the grass. And it builds up for sure. And we've had a bunch of people who are just like, oh, my God, this workout is terrible. Like it, it just destroys your shin. Right. And so afterwards, we do this super long cool down, get ice on them, take an ice bath, elevate your legs, get everything out of them. Um, and it was kind of this thing where everyone was dreading this workout, just dreading it because it hurt your shins a lot. And you'd be walking around the day after like on pins and needles, kind of like you said. Yeah. yeah. And. I, I remember this was just a funny example of it, I guess, that kind of ties into trusting the process. But last Friday, um, we're, Coach B gives us this little piece of paper every day because he's like, this is all the workouts on it. So I'm kind of going to observe and coach and give you help. And you guys, if you're confused about anything, can just look down. He hands us the paper and it has the rudiment on it the day before the meet. And all the high jumpers are like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. And I was kind of like, Coach, I'll do it. And I think it was kind of that Navy attitude of like, yeah, I'll do it. Like he's the coach. It's not a mistake yeah. that it's on there. He knows what he's doing. It's not, it's not him being, you know, like forgetting. 
to right. not give us a workout. I'm like, he's doing this on purpose. There's a reason, you know, a reason and a method to the madness. And all the other high jumpers were like, you're an idiot. You're going to be hurting tomorrow. You know? <laughs> and they, and they were kind of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the chance. And I was like, I, coach, I'm on it. So I went and did it alone. And again, shins were hurting and I'm like, all right, time to go ice, cool down and everything. And they hurt all through the night. And I woke up the next morning. And I was like, huh, it's gone. That's, that's weird. My legs feel really good. I mean, my ankle mobility is good. They feel responsive. I'm like, right. I wasn't sore on the bus. Um, and I think it was really, it was an activation thing where mm-hmm. you activate them the day before. And even if it hurts a little bit, you get some ice on there, you take some ibuprofen, the pain will go away, but they're still going to be active and ready to rock. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it was, again, it was one of those things of like, the pain isn't always an indicator of you're not going to perform because stuff's right. always going to hurt. I mean, ibuprofen kind of at this point goes hand in hand with high jump for me. And that might be, that might be a, that might be a bad thing to say, but I mean, I don't know any jumper who's competing without some degree of pain. Yeah. Um, and just kind of embracing that and getting over that fact and being like, this is just part of my sport. Um, was huge for me. So when Randy started saying these things and he's like, you got, you just got to go do it, man. And, and he left it up to the jumpers the day before. He's like, if you, if you really don't want to do it, don't do it. I'm like, I think it definitely wasn't all that shin exercise. I think it was a lot of that attitude as well. Yeah. I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to do it. Cause I had meets last year. Um, there was one in particular, I had to do my Navy PRT the day before the day of a meet it was the fullerton meet which is actually coming up this weekend and basically what the prt consists of is you do your max amount of push-ups in two minutes your max plank which you have to do around three and a half minutes and then you go run a mile and a half at 5 a.m in the morning and it sucks because every single it we get graded on it and it's part of our um our package that we submit right so you don't really take it easy you never really are taking these things easy and I tried to get out of it and the Navy was like, hell no, man. Like you, we don't care if you're a college athlete, like this is your job. Yeah. Show up. Um, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to feel like shit. And I'm going to go take an ice bath before I get on the bus at 6am in the morning. Right. And I'm just going to go give it a try. Like I've got nothing to lose. Like no one's looking at me. None of my teammates were like, they were surprised I even showed up to the meet. They're like, what, like, what are you going to, what do you think you're going to go do after running a mile and a half this morning? at pace. Um, and I ended up jumping six, eight and my coach was like, what is wrong with you? Like, how did you, why, why were you able to do that? And I think it's just that attitude of, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. I'm just like, it's, this is just something I got to do. I'm going to have a good attitude and I'm just going to do it. Um, and I think that was really one of the big changes for me at least, um, was just being positive about everything I can in this sport and not doubting myself for a second. Yeah, because I think once you get into that frame of mind where you're doubting or overthinking things, um, you just lose. You start losing, and yeah. you see it a lot. Like I think, um, I think that was really the only reason I got to beat Kyle, because he easily could have made seven feet. I mean, his back was over it by inches every single time. Just catching with his heels was I caught him off guard. Yeah, I mean, I was the six ten guy going in. I didn't. I had one miss at six nine because I smacked it with my heels. Yeah. But it was like a, I was inches over it and skied it the next time. And then it was just clean through six eleven and seven feet. And I think that's, and it's tough to play that yeah. mental game. But I think that was really the thing of it's like, oh God, I've got competition now that I didn't expect. Right. And I've had it. I, I mean, I had it happen to me with Tyler Cash at state, like you were saying, yeah. 
yeah. these guys come out of nowhere and they start cooking it's like holy shit this was not yeah. in the preparation <laughs> right um yeah so yeah it was it's it's a cool it's a, it, I've always loved this sport and it's always been one of those things where it's so mental and I love playing the mental game yeah. because that's just, it's one of those things that I think it really teaches you as opposed to some other sports where, I mean, we have a split second where mistakes are made and yeah. records are not there and your name doesn't end up on a board or, yeah. and I mean, it's, it's milliseconds. So to think of that as an athlete, um, it's, it's been really cool to to learn and to adapt and to get smarter and that was i think all of college really has for me at least i haven't been gotten that much stronger i haven't gotten that much faster i've gotten a lot smarter with how i approach the sport because i was a nervous guy in high school really nervous going into every meet like put so much on it because i'm like this has got to get me to college there's scouts here nah, 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 right. nah. and now i'm kind of just like it's sunny i'm here it's a saturday Right. I'm going to go have fun. Like I'm going to yeah. go enjoy this sport that I love. Yeah. Um, and that's really the thing of, I mean, I'm smiling. I, I don't know if you, if you've seen me the, these last couple of seasons before every jump, I'm like smiling. I'm like telling jokes to myself. Like, right. and I, I approach every single jump with a smile on my face. And that's, I think that's kind of the thing of I'm, it's just that positive reinforcement of I'm going to just do this. Yeah. Yeah. I like what but you're yeah, so that's, too. that's my little spiel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Right with, with the with the mental game and high jump because I think it's all mental. I mean, I've seen, especially when you get into um, the intricacies of college athletics. I mean, I've seen so many guys, like you said, that could have jumped seven feet and just haven't. Yeah. Um, one one particular guy, my teammate Zach from last year. Um, I mean, this guy talk about power. Like mm -hmm. he would he would take fifteen jumps in practice, and he'd be jumping six eight six eight and a half in practice pretty consistently. Right. And that's, I mean, that's where I was kind of like, this dude is a monster. Like, and right. he had some jumps at six eleven, where, I mean, he'd have his back over by three or four inches yeah. and he'd, he'd, he'd kick it off or something would happen. And it, I think it was one of those things where, and I can't, I'm not sure I haven't talked to him about the mental aspect of it, but I really think it's just, you have to know you're getting over, yes. even though you've never done it before. And to know you, to know you're going to do something that you've never been able to do before. Mm -hmm. and have that confidence i think you kind of have to be a little crazy um <laughs> to just be like that, yeah yeah i'm gonna do this thing that i've never done before that so few people have never been able to do before and that confidence i think is something that you just have to learn and build and be a student of the sport for sure yeah. I, it's so funny you say that because I, I i know i've told you and i've told others this but i said it, there is not one time that I remember jumping higher than I'd ever jumped before where I didn't know before I left that I was going to make the bar. I don't remember one time. I don't remember going up and going, gosh, I really hope I make it this time. There would be a certain point where you would get to where your training was good. You know, things were clicking and you just get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm over this thing. I got it. Yeah. I'm going to be over it this time. I I'm, I'm on it. I know what's happening and you go up and boom. And it's like, not a surprise. You, you know, I can't say that I'm, I was like 100% sure. Like if somebody would have stood there and said, all right, you know, gun to your head or <laughs> million dollars, if you got a yeah. $10,000 to bet on yourself, would you bet on yourself right now? But you know, at that same level, there's, there's gotta be that, like you said, that kind of an unshakable confidence and a inner calm, like, 
I got this, you know? Absolutely. Um, the other thing you mentioned that your coach said that we need to get faster. I have come to a place in the last two or three years of watching. And, it, you know, for many years, like I said, I just kind of checked out. I was, I was coaching very average levels, high school, uh, and I wasn't really focused on, on the elites. And I, I, sure. There are many years where I would not know any names for any athletes and anything. I might might have paid attention in the Olympic years, but I was a typical American, not really paying attention to track and field except once every four years. And and high levels of competition were you know kind of gone by. But I've since I've started studying, you know, to get better at my craft and to to continue to elevate, you know, jumpers like yourselves to higher things. I've noticed that. Ah, speed kills everything's about speed it doesn't matter what event you're looking at you know the the oh, world yeah. i remember they used to talk about sergey blubka and they said he can run a 10 400 meters with a pole in his hands i'm like that's really <laughs> fast isn't it yeah. it's fast without a pole you know like it takes speed to run and create you were talking about high jumpers being crazy we're the second craziest pole vaulters are officially insane you can't yeah, i can agree me. with that <laughs> you cannot tell me that it and i've done a little bit of pole vaulting and it's a little bit crazy so i tell the high jumpers you're second craziest i mean that's probably the second riskiest of all the events when you leave the ground there's a chance that you could you know fly out of the pit or you know something crazy happens but speed kills like high jump is all speed you watch barshim approach you watch bondarenko yep. you watch you know drown um these guys are really moving there's still a few power jumpers around they might not be moving as fast, but they're moving pretty fast. And then, you know, you get, I watch Krauser throw the shot. I mean, Brian oh, Krauser yeah. gets moving through the ring. It's not just grunt, grunt, you know, nobody's doing the glide anymore. Everybody's spinning, mm -hmm. you know, so you're, you're spinning through the ring. Same thing with the disc, you know, the javelin approach, everything's speed, speed, speed. So that's a, I loved hearing that, that your coach is like, hey, we got to increase your attack speed. And therefore, if you're running faster and unless you're, you know, running from a really wide angle, you're going to have to drop in, you know, to that curve mm -hmm. and carry a lot more. You know, I, I've come to I'm trying to teach it this way that there's I, I remember telling you this: there's two leans. You lean back like a long jumper and you lean to your left because you're simply running on a curve. You know, you have yep. to lean to run a curve efficiently. But I go, there's really two things. There's one catapulting you forward, and then there's this one catapulting you up. And I go, you got to use them both, you know? So we got to be far enough away to get the the one launch. But I go, anybody can run in a straight line and jump up. You know, basketball mm -hmm. players all the time. Volleyball players do it. I go, you just run, you lean back, you drive your knee up, and you can go up and grab the rim. You can go up and spike a ball. You can do all kinds of things. And I said, the hard part is to run on a curve and go twisting in the air and then arch over and all that stuff. But I go, the cool thing about it, yeah. is that the catapult that you get out of the curve is additional because that's mm -hmm. where skill comes in. It, anybody can do the straight line lean back. That part's easy, you know, but not can, going to your right at that point is the difficult part. And then, you know, For sure. just accentuates all that. So, well, Hey, Jack, we got, I got to wrap this up, but, um, we got to, I want to do this again sometime, maybe towards the end of the season for you. And um, uh, I'm just, part of me is so, I'm elated. I'm so stoked for you, for Aiden, for all the guys that, you know, were once under my tutelage and, and are stepping up to these levels. 
And I, uh, you know, the first thing I told you was, you know, your hard work has paid off, you know, in a big way. And I, I know there's more coming and, and it's, I'm saddened because you don't get to go to the regionals and, you know, those places and do what you can do. So, man, just let it all hang out. Let's get that the, to two, seven, two, seven, three, seven, four, you know, it's, it's all right there for you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go, I mean, coach, like we're here cause you helped us. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I, I would just say, don't sell yourself too short. Cause we all, we all know that what you have to say is a, a, a huge contributor. And I mean, a lot of those lessons still ring true in my head, even, even today, um, definitely as a part of our pedigree. And you talk to Aiden and you talk to some of my old teammates, Leanna and Zach, and they're all, they, they're like, yeah, I mean, he gave me this one tip and all of a sudden I'm doing all these great things. Um, uh, so I, I, I definitely think it's, it's, it's not a coincidence that we're all here. You know, I mean, we, we've got some, some things going for us. Um, and then the other thing was absolute pleasure talking to you as usual. I had a blast, um, a lot of fun coming and talking. So hope we can hop back on with some new results to report later this season. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I reserve the right <laughs> to get you back on here with the new PR. <laughs> all right, Jack. Hey, awesome. congratulations again. Double PR days are to be reveled in. Like you said, you're on cloud nine and, uh, you know, just kind of let that roll into the next one. Where do you guys, what do you got next? What's up next for Jack Wiseman and UCSD? Yeah, we've got Fullerton this weekend. So that's, uh, that's going to be down at Cal State Fullerton. Um, and it's, it's looking a little rainy. So we're, yeah, yeah. we're hoping on the bright side, tightening in the spikes. Um, right. But we'll see. Again, it's that attitude. Um, we're just going to go kick some ass either yeah. way. You guys going to be at Point Loma again this year? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the, the meet schedule is kind of, kind of fluctuating a little bit, but yeah, we should be. All right. Yeah. Let me know. I, I'm going to be down there because I, that was the first time I'd seen you last year. That was a fun time to see, you know, you and yep. Leanna and, you know, I, 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 the NAIA experience has been interesting for me because just because of that, you know, that's the first time where, you know, the kids that have gone on, because when you're staying at the high school level, you're not going to see anybody again. So just getting even to the NAIA level, there was so many meets that I was, at. I was like, it wasn't just an NAIA meet. It would be division two division, you know, junior college this is like a smorgasbord and all of a sudden i'm every meet was like hey coach you know he's like hey it's been a long time like i had no idea you're gonna be there like that was that was so great yeah so yeah let's let's do it um jack congratulations and let's let's see more great things coming up man can't wait to hear more thanks coach troy been awesome talking to you all right sir we'll see you soon have a good one all right thanks jack And that was the podcast with Jack Weissman, the senior at UC San Diego. He's a former Sky High and Fly Jump Camps alum, if you will. Uh, one of my jumpers, the first one that I got to uh, place at the state meet back in 2019. Uh, <clears throat> he and both uh, Aiden Garnett from Edison High School. Jack went to Huntington Beach High School. <clears throat> the two of them placed third and sixth that year at the state. So those were the first athletes I put on the podium and uh, Kyle Jenkins went with them. And then Kyle probably would have either won or been high up on that list as a, a senior, but uh, got derailed by COVID. So he jumped 610 early that year and um, didn't get to go. Um, but since then, uh, Kyle and Aiden 
uh, had both jumped seven feet. And so Jack was the the last one to the party out of that group of athletes. But um, by by no means the least, he uh, took some really incredible jumps at seven three and three quarters and uh, has the capability of doing something pretty outstanding. So we're looking forward to great things from Jack. Um, and unfortunately, due to the craziness of NC2A regulations, uh, he will not be able to compete at those meets um, coming up, which he is now qualified for. Um, but um, hopefully he'll get a, a mark uh, that will, uh, like he said, make everybody realize that he would have uh, done a great job there at the NC2As and uh, <clears throat> maybe get himself the the school record there. So um, that was uh, Jack Wiseman. We look forward to to seeing him again here on, on Raise the Bar. And until next time, this is Troy Haynes signing off. Keep raising that bar, keep pushing, keep jumping high, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.